When I was little, I, I've talked about him before, but when I was little, one of the greatest influences in my life was my grandpa, who I called Pa. He, he was just, uh, he was my mom's dad, and my parents divorced at a young age, and so I spent a lot of time uh, with my mom and, and my grandparents. And uh, Pa was just this, he was this really huge influence in my life. I loved being with him. It didn't really matter what we were doing. I just loved being with him. And he, he, in many ways, was the first person God used to fill a father void in my life and before I even knew what all that was about. And I loved it. It was always good. It, it didn't mean it was always easy. Um, he, he often had to discipline me. I mean, I was with him enough. He had to discipline me. He had to correct, had to guide, had to coach. Um, and, and while I didn't love that, obviously, I, I never questioned, does he love me? Is he, is he for me? Whatever. I mean, I just, I treasured uh, time with him. But there were some moments uh, that were just a little more unique than others. I can still remember a time when he and I went on a walk in his neighborhood. I was probably seven or eight years old. And we went on a walk in his neighborhood, which was something we often did. And it was one of those summers where they had resurfaced the neighborhood streets. And so everything's like really like that. It looks like clean black still, it's real crisp and everything. And we're walking on that and we're talking about it a little bit. And as we walked, he just started to share with me some things uh, just about life, really. And, and I can't really, it's hard for me to comprehend. Uh, but some of those things he shared that day on the walk, two or three of those things still impact how I live and how, especially how I live with Erica and our girls and, and some things I've done with them. We took a lot of walks. That walk, for whatever reason, was, was unique, right? I spent a lot of time with him. Uh, I, I remember we, we played in their backyard. They had a very, very small little house, small yard that seemed bigger than the world when I was a kid, right? And played a lot of things in the backyard from wiffle ball and tag and all these other games. Anything we could create, we played it. And I remember a couple times, um, sitting on his back porch. And when I say back porch, I mean like a the little slab of concrete, right? It wasn't a deck or anything. It's just, again, it's this really small little place, a little slab of concrete. I, I remember sitting there, it, and I remember a couple conversations. Uh, I was probably around 12, 13 years old that, that were about my future and about some things I was thinking about. And was I interested in this? And was I going to be interested in this? And we had a lot of conversations in that backyard, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of conversations in that backyard. There was something unique about a couple of them on that porch. I mean, I spent countless minutes with them. There were, there were some that, that were unique. And, and I think about that a, a lot in my relationship with Paul because there is a, there's, a, there's a similarity in this relationship we have with, with God where every moment God is with us and wants us to be aware of his presence, every moment. But there are just some moments, right, that are unique. They're not all created equal. It doesn't mean some are bad and some are good. They're all good. God is goodness. He doesn't have anything bad to give. But, but some moments are just unique. They're just unique. And as we talk about winning the summer, in large part, we talk about winning the summer so we could win the fall, so that in the fall we could be in a better place and a better condition than maybe we've been in many falls before, and so that in November or late October we're not trying to panic or trying to, like, we're so overwhelmed we don't know how to exist, and we're trying to, if I could just get another break, but we've got some vibrancy in us. And as we think about winning the summer, and we've talked about thinking back, we've talked about dreaming, and we've, we, we've you know, talked about how to just be a little less resistant to blessings God might be wanting to give us. Today, what I, I just think God would love to, to say to you, just as clearly as he possibly could, it's just this, this real simple reality that, that I want to help us experience a little bit as we kind of prep for summer um, and that, that's, really simply, that's really simply this. And you're going to hear it, and you're going to think, well, I, I mean, I kind of hope so, but, but we've got we to be prepared for it. Here, here's just the simple truth, that, that, that God wants to give you some unique moments with him this summer. 
God wants to give you, you could say, God wants to give me some unique moments with him this summer. Look, they're all going to be good. It's not unique in light that some are bad and some are good. They're all going to be good, but there are some that are going to be amazing. Some are going to be extra. Some are going to go beyond what feels ordinary with God. And remember, ordinary with God is supernatural. So imagine the, the, the unique ones just have a different quality about them. God wants to give me, so you could say that about yourself, God wants to give me. In, in fact, some of you, I want to just say it out loud because some of you got to, you got to like start renewing your mind on this right now. We just got to start to embrace it a little bit because candidly, for some of us, it's easier to believe it for the person sitting next to us, in front of us, or behind us than it is for ourselves. You know, we, sometimes it, the last person we believe God to do something great for is us sometimes. Right? I mean, it's just easier to say somebody else is more, more deserving or whatever, right? So I want to just say this out loud together. Okay, here, let's, let's all read it together. Here we go. Let's do this. God wants to give me some unique moments with him this summer. Let's go one more time. God wants to give me some unique moments with him this summer. And you can change that me, right? Like if, if you've got a friend group you're hanging out with a lot this summer, or you're traveling with a group or something, or uh, you're buying, renting a house in between college seasons and whatever else, you could say, God, God wants to give us. God wants to give us. If you're dating significantly, or you're engaged, or you're married, or you've got a family, or your grandparents that's going to get time with your grandkids, whatever, you can picture that, and you can say, God wants to give us. God wants to give us. And absolutely us, collectively, as his church, God wants to give us some unique moments with him this summer. He abs- the, 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 the question is not, does God want? The question is, is, would we be aware of his want in that? God wants to give us some unique moments. But what do we, what do, we do with that? How, how do we even see it? What's some of the anatomy of a unique moment? If you've got a Bible in any way, I want, will you quickly turn to Luke chapter 5 or scan on a device or whatever it is you're going to do to get there? Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, New Testament of your Bible. Uh, this great little story of a guy named Peter. Uh, he also is, name is Simon, and so you'll hear that a little bit in this, this story too. Uh, aware of Jesus and around some of the teachings of Jesus and going to have an encounter with Jesus that we're going to look at. Uh, Luke is written by a guy, Dr. Luke, uh, actually, and he's writing to a friend of his, really trying to help his friend see Jesus. It's a based, little bit of an evangelistic book. He's like, he's trying to, his friend doesn't really follow Jesus, isn't really sure about Jesus yet. So Luke writes this, this biography of Jesus and says, here, I hope this can help you like see the Jesus that, that I got to see and experience and that I, w- I would love for you to know. And Acts is really a continuation of that whole dialogue with Luke and his, his friend Theophilus. So Luke chapter 5, we're just going to look at the the first uh, 11 verses or so, first four or five paragraphs, and then we'll just talk real quickly about how to kind of catch and maybe see these unique moments. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen because they'd been out all night fishing. They were now washing their nets, and he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. There's that guy who also is known as Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down, and he taught people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, hey, why don't you put out into the deep water again and let down your nets for a catch? And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night, and we haven't caught anything. Jesus, I know fishing. This is what I do for a living. You're a teacher. Before you were a teacher, you were a carpenter. Leave the fishing to me. I've been fishing all night long. I know this lake. I know how it works. Haven't caught anything all night. But, but, just because you say so, 
Want to add just a, like one ounce of vibrancy to your life with Jesus? Want to risk it and wonder what it would be like to follow Jesus? Just live that for a little while. Master, what you're saying makes no sense, but it's just because it's you, I'll do it. Just because it's you. The only reason. I'm not doing it because it makes sense. I'm not doing it because it's scientific. I'm not doing it be, just, just because it's you. So, so Simon's got enough Jesus exposure to think that Jesus has something unique. He's like, okay, you're, probably, you're a master for sure. I'm not sure what that exactly means yet for me and for everybody else and what that's going to entail. But because you'll do so, you said so, we'll do it again. And when the fishermen had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. They signaled to their partners in the other boat, guys, hurry up, like we're going to sink here. They, they got over there and they filled both boats so full that both boats began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees, just bowed before him, and he said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch that they had just taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, oh man, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I know you're bowing before me saying, get away from me, but don't be afraid. From now on, you're not going to just fish for fish anymore. You'll still fish for fish sometime, but actually you're going to fish for people. That's what my followers do. That whatever it is they do, they do that, but then they also fish for people. This is what we do. So you're not going to just fish for fish. You're going to fish for people. You're going to share the story of my life with people. So Peter and, and John and James and the other guys, they pulled up their boats on the shore and they left everything to follow him. They left the family. They left the daily ritual. They left the daily routine. They left the economy and the business they knew. Like they went from fishing to catch fish so they could eat and make a living, right, to fishing for people. They're just going to leave all of that and they're going to go follow Jesus. So here's the deal. There's this unique moment with God. That's not an everyday occurrence, Right? Peter had some time, he had actually somehow seen Jesus enough to call him master, right? But he had never had the net so full that both boats were sinking yet. That was a new one. We're not real sure at any point he'd even had Jesus as the guest speaker in his boat, right? We're not really sure about that. I mean, he's, okay, so it's a unique moment. It's a very unique moment for Peter. And, and, and inside of it, we see some like, oh, this is how I know it's a unique moment. I just want to give you a couple of them. Here, here's the first one. I feel like, okay, when I'm having a unique moment, here, here's the first thing. Um, you know you don't deserve it, but you never want it to end. You know you don't deserve it. But you know, did, did you hear it in, in, in verse 8? Just get away from me. I'm, I'm a sinful person. Just get away from me. I'm a sinful person. And in verse 11, it's like, I'm going to leave everything and follow him. <laughs> I don't really deserve this moment with Jesus and what he's invited me to, but I don't ever want it to end. That was true for me in some of my dynamics and moments with Paul. Right? I just never wanted them to end. And I look back, and there's times I was like, man, I wish it never would have ended, right? I still remember being at his hospital bed the night before he died and just, just speaking some things and sharing some things with him and, and him not being able to respond anymore. And, and even then, in the grief of it, like never, somehow never wanting it to end. Right? You know you don't deserve the moment. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's Simon's. Like, get away from me. I don't deserve this. But then in verse 11, but I'm going to just follow him. There's something about a moment with God that's when it's unique, when it's, when it's just a little bit different, where you're very aware of, man, I, I'm so aware of who, who, who I am without Jesus, and I know I don't deserve this moment. Man, if I could stay here forever, I think I would. I think I would. I, I think I'll just stay here forever. Again, you can kind of see that in verses 8 and 11 a, a little bit. Um, let me give you another one. It, it will have hope, and it might have grief. It will have hope. Any unique moment, which you say, will have hope. It will have a confident assurance 
and what's ahead. Simon leaves everything and these other guys, right? Why? Because there's some assurance that something good is coming. There's some assurance there's something bigger than them at play. There's some assurance that, you know what? The career, as great as it is, is not really enough. I need something bigger than my career. I need a calling bigger than my career. And again, they will fish again. After Jesus' death, Peter's so confused, he goes back to fishing because it's what he's known, right? And it's where Jesus finds him again after his resurrection, right? So they, they, they will fish again, but they, they've got something bigger. There's this confident hope. And it might have grief. And not just the grief maybe that you brought to the table, but the grief of a season that ends. A grief of something that, that's ending. Peter, it's not going to be the same anymore. He's not going to fish for just his career anymore. He's leaving the family business. I don't know what kind of family dynamic conversation that led to at dinner that night. You're doing what? This is what I've raised you to do. In our culture, every family generation does what the generation before them did. Peter, this isn't negotiable. Yeah, but did you see what Jesus did with it? Yeah, we saw what Jesus did, but you're a fisherman. You just fish. There's an element where, where sometimes you have this moment with God, and it's so good that, that it does bring hope, but it also invites you to leave something behind, or it just highlights the end of a season. It highlights the end of a period of time. It highlights the end of a moment in life. And it's okay to have hope and grief at the same time. It's okay to have hope and grief. In fact, listen, in fact, you can't really have healthy grief without hope. Hope is one of the greatest strength givers and guides through grief. Hope, hope is what actually allows us, right, to like take the next step in grief. Grief is, a, grief is a series of steps, right, that we walk through. And it can be really long sometimes, right? And, and hope gives the strength to take the next step. And sometimes, listen, sometimes it's not even the strength to take the next step. It's just the strength to take the next shuffle, Right? Sometimes grief is just like barely moving. It's just a shuffle. But hope, like, okay, because of who God is, I believe there's something still there. There's, there's more healing to come. There's still a hope and a future. And, and Simon, like him, him and his friends, they're experiencing some of that. And his, and his dad probably was too. Like, man, I, I, I built this thing. I was supposed to hand it to you. Now, now what am I going to do, right? Who's going to run this business when I can't run it anymore? Like, it's a unique moment for them. Hope and grief, hope and grief, hope and grief. Hope and grief. Let me, let me give you one more that you, we, we can kind of see in that thing. It's that before you actually know what you need, a unique moment with God, before you actually know what you need, it is exactly what you need. Before you actually know what you need, it is exa- Simon didn't know this is what he needed. <laughs> Simon had it good, man. He's in the family tradition. He's got the thing. He knows how to fish. Like, this is the thing, right? Understands the culture. But what he needs is he needs a calling greater than his career. He needs a moment with God. He needs to see the person he's already saying is master. He needs to see him at a new level with a new level of revelation, a new level of understanding. Before he even knows he needs that, it's exactly what he needs. He needs an encounter with the holiness of Jesus, the perfection that would drop him to his knees and say, wait a minute, I do not deserve to be in your presence. And at the same time would say, I don't ever want this thing to end. If he didn't know he needed that, before he knew he needed it, it was that. Part of the way you know you're having a unique moment with God, sitting around a campfire this summer or in a cottage or on a lake or on a bike ride or walking down a trail or at a family reunion or a birthday party or a wedding or whatever's coming for your summer, part of the way you know there's God's just handing you a unique moment is that it is exactly what you need before you even know you need it. 
And it might be rest, it might be joy, it might be a unique experience with just the laughter with the people around you. It might, it might be a calmness, it might be a vision, it might be a dream, it might be just the relational strength that comes from being with people you love. It might literally be physical rest. You just uniquely rest this summer in a way you haven't rested in summers past, right? It'll be exactly what you need before you know you need it. Before you know you need it. Well over 20 years ago now, uh, as four girls were born and uh, we were living in Virginia, we had started to become friends with this, uh, th- this couple. And you know how like when you start to become friends with, with people, um, it can go like r- really well, but you still have this like one question of like, is this actually going to like be a friendship that lasts? Is this going to work? When are we going to drive each other nuts? You, you know what I mean? Just, there's all this like, uh, like, right? And we've all got enough like startup relationships that didn't make it or whatever. We've, we kind of live with this little lingering question, right? Well, we started to become friends with this, uh, this couple, and it, it really good friends. They just becoming, we were getting really connected with them. And um, it, was this, it was this great experience, great moment, right? And we decided to go on vacation with them. And so we, we went on vacation uh, with them to Ocean City, Maryland. And so it's the first time we're having like this uninterrupted, like several days with them, right? Uh, I want to show you a picture from that vacation. Let me just show you this little picture here. Uh, those children, uh, that's me and Erica. Um, that's a long time. That is a long, long time ago. Okay? This is a restaurant, uh, at kind of a, like a, a beach restaurant where you can just kind of walk up and you're on the beach and you can even take your food out and, and drinks out into the beach and whatever else in Ocean City, Maryland. And, the, and we have this picture. Eric and I have this picture. Uh, it's in a prominent place kind of where we, we see it all of the time. Uh, it's just a little picture. Um, if you'll notice on the table, uh, there's no phones. There's no digital. Like, that's actually a copy of a literal copy. Some of you have never actually held a picture. Like, you're so, you never held. Like, there was no phones. It wasn't like, hey, can we take nine takes? Hey, can we try this or whatever? Uh, like, the waitress had one shot to get that thing right, okay? Right? And so that's how long ago that was. And yet, it's, it still holds there. And part of the reason we have that picture It's because it was at that lunch, at that table, at that table where it started to become clear to me. I need this friendship. This friendship. This this friendship has depth. It's got faithfulness. It's got graciousness. It's got push. I I feel like I'm being pushed in this, this, this this relationship's helping me grow. I'm laughing. And it was at that, that table, at that restaurant, where I'm like, I, I, I need this. We need this relationship. And this, this is a gift. God's giving us a gift. It's well over 20 years ago. Uh, they're still some of our greatest friends. We still vacation with them every year, even if it's for two days. Some days, literally, it's two days. That's all we get. It's all, it's all we can figure out. Every year. We live hundreds of miles apart. But there was just something about, something about that God gave. And here, here was the thing. I never wanted that vacation to end. I've never wanted another one of them to end. We, we, we just genuinely love being together. I, uh, I, I know, I just know enough of my own flaws to know I don't, I don't really deserve friendships like that. Friendships like that are all by grace. It's just because God's kind. Before I knew what I really needed, there it was. It was, right, it, was, it was right there. God just said, here, here it is. Here it is. And we grab that picture because we want to commemorate it. We want to grab a hold of it. We, we want to keep it. And that's a pattern 
that we see from God in the scriptures is like, hey, grab a hold of these things. When you have a unique moment, grab a hold of it. In the Old Testament of the Bible, there's, um, there's a priest named Samuel who's, for a while, he's, he's like God's voice to the Israelite people and how they're going to navigate things spiritually and everything else and how they're supposed to navigate good kings and bad kings and what they're supposed to do with all of that, right? And uh, there's this passage recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 7 where the Israelites, uh, they, they go into this, this battle t- trying to really kind of protect some of what God has given them and get back some of what God has given them. And, and they have to, like, in a sense, try and defend some of this relational dynamic with God. They're grabbing a hold of some things that have been stolen from them. And, and when it happens, they, they like set up this monument, which was this constant practice. That's what they did all the time. They'd set up a monument because God's like, hey, I want to help you remember this. I want, to help, I want to help you remember what this is. And I want to help you remember because you're going to be forgetful. God, God really was gracious to us. Like God gave us communion. God gave us sacred elements like baptism. God, I think God in part leaves us across as this model of the brutality and the fullness of his sacrifice, but to remind us of the sacrifice in general. It's a reminder. It's this constant reminder, right? And, they, and so in 1 Samuel chapter 7, there's one of these moments. I just want to read you one verse. It's 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. It said that then Samuel, after all of this, took a stone and he set it up between Mizbah and Shen, where this battle and this victory had happened. And he named it Ebenezer, saying, thus far, all along the way, the Lord has helped us. Thus far, all along the way. It's this reminder. He just set up a, just set up a stone, like just because it's this reminder that thus far, God has helped us. And when you have a unique moment with God this summer, listen, listen, your unique moment might be a millisecond. It might be hours. It might be a drive. It might be a meal. It might be a a night's sleep. It might be around a campfire by yourself or with other people. It might be, again, it might be at a special event, a wedding, a birthday, an anniversary or something. It might be, could be anywhere. Could, Could be in your backyard. Could be on your couch. Could be walking in your neighborhood, anywhere. When God gives you a unique moment this summer, like grab it and pick up a stone pick up a stone. Pick up something that is this reminder. And maybe it's a shell, and maybe it's something from around the campfire. Maybe it was something that was in your car, or a stop you made along the way, or something from your neighborhood. Whatever it is, pick up anything. That picture, that's, just, that's a stone for us. We just, we grabbed it. We just grabbed it. I'm going to keep that forever. Could have gone to the beach and picked up a shell. Could have tried to collect a bottle of sand. Could have could have stolen a dish from the restaurant. Probably, probably not smart, but I mean, whatever. It could have done any number of things. Just, we just grabbed the picture. Just pick a stone. And every time we see it, it's just reminded, that was a, that was a moment. All the, all, the, all the breaths are good with God, but, but sometimes there's a unique moment where God does something extra supernatural in our life. And when he does, pick up a stone. Because here's the deal. Remember, God said that all throughout the scripture, he's given these reminders to people because when it comes to fall and you're like, oh my, here I am again and I'm just tired and I just want to break and I don't want to do this. And Go back and pick up the stone and look at the stone and remember, wait a second, the same God who gave me a unique moment then could give me a unique moment now. I need, I, I, I just need it to be different. So to win the summer, just understand, okay, God's got, God's got a unique moment or two for me. Listen, it's one or two. Maybe it's three unique moments. One or two, it's maybe, maybe it's three unique moments with God this summer. And if it's one or if it's three, it doesn't matter. It's okay. And when, when you have them, pick up a stone. The picture, the journal entry, 
the postcard, the literal stone, whatever it is. To win the summer, go in knowing that you could say, hey, God wants to give me some unique moments with him this summer. God wants to give us, God wants to give us some unique moments with him this summer. And when he does, when he does, I'm not going to run the risk of forgetting it. I'm going to pick up a stone. So let me just give you one action. This series, we've kind of given questions and actions. Today, I just want to give you a couple actions. No questions, nothing to reflect on. Here's the first one. It's just one action. Just just real consistently. For some of you, I I almost want to say daily, but daily kind of feels burdensome to some of us who aren't wired to be daily. But just, just real consistently. Just say, God, all summer long, just pray this prayer. God, all summer long, help me be more aware of your presence than ever. Help me be more aware than ever of your presence. God, all summer long, just help me be more aware than ever of your presence. I tell you, you can't go wrong with that prayer. There's no, there's no downside to that prayer. That's a win prayer all the way. Maybe you've never prayed before. Maybe, maybe you're wondering about following Jesus even. Maybe you're, maybe, you know, you're here to, to, to watch a dedication, support a family, whatever. Maybe you're here because somebody brought you, you just moved here, whatever. It, 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 just risk this prayer. There's no downside. Just see what God does. God, would you help me all summer long? Just be more aware of your presence than ever. Just pray it real consistently. You might pray it six times a day. You might pray it once a day. You might pray it just all sorts of random moments. Maybe you'll write it and put it somewhere. Just pray it. God, just help me be more aware of your presence than ever. These unique moments with you. The consistent moments, but the unique moments where I suddenly know I don't deserve this, but I don't ever want it to end. Where I encounter your hope in unique ways, maybe with some grief. Maybe Maybe with some grief. And then just while you're praying it, a couple like heart actions. Just be curious and be aware. Be curious. Be real curious. Look, look for God all the time. Like, be real aware, but be looking. Just, God, I'm going to pray it, and then I'm going to live with eyes open. I'm going to live with spirit ready. I'm going to live with, with heart ready and open and anticipating. Any day, I have all these things in my journals over the years where, God, today could be the day. God, today could be the day. And sometimes I've written that thing for months or even years, and then all of a sudden, there's the day. You've got to be curious, though. Get, get, let's be aware. Because this summer, God wants to give you, God wants to give us some unique moments with him.